1: This is the four-man rush Hello Panther fans and welcome to another podcast of the four-man rush. I'm your host Timmy VO here with Jadarius, Kevin, Larry back in the building, yeah, and our man Will all right, and we're going to talk to you about some uh, current Panther news and uh, uh, some uh, uh, ideas on what's going on in the Panther organization and things around the Panther organization. So, um, topics for tonight. We're going to talk about the uh, running backs, um, of course, those who are behind uh, Number Deuce Deuce, a.k.a. CMC. Uh, we'll talk about his, uh, his backups and how they can contribute uh, cause, because they can believe it or not. Um, we'll talk about the defensive back, secondary, and the offensive line and um, our, our expectations on that. And we're going to talk about, <laughs> yet again, somebody else putting their damn foot in their mouth. Oh, CPI CEO has some things to say about the current situation in America, and uh, quite frankly, yeah, I think he effed up. And we're going to talk about that. Because, uh, as you all know, CPI was a huge, huge sponsor of the Carolina Panthers. So, uh, <laughs> and the Charlotte Hornets, mind you, and some other local organizations. But anyway, <laughs> yeah, it's a free country. And you, and you, can, you can feel free to get fired, too, Jack. <laughs> what you talking about, Willis? <laughs> All right, anyway, oh man, hey, I hope you guys are, uh, are feeling feeling good and everything, man, and uh, welcome to another podcast of the Four Man Rush. So let's get down to it, gentlemen. Um, let's go ahead and jump into running backs, man. Um, there's some there's some guys on this squad that people were talking about last year. Um, that that we uh um picked up some. Uh, some decent running backs. To be honest with you, um, one one out of Florida and another gentleman uh, out of uh, Louisville. Um So uh, we'll we'll start with Jadarius and hop over to uh, Larry and then Will and then Kevin, giving you all that good shit. Let's go, Jadarius. What you what you seen out of our uh, our running backs coming back behind behind McCaffrey? I'm sorry, but
2: um, I'll, I'll go ahead and say this. This is one of the most talented uh, running back rooms I've ever seen from like top to bottom. Wow. And it's not even because uh, a lot of these guys behind Christian haven't even gotten touches yet. But uh, if you look at their college film, if you look at the, the touches they did get in the NFL, um, these are some guys that are not only do they have the quickness to win uh, in short area, but they also have uh, long downfield bursts and long speed so um if you look uh, uh look at the dev right here uh, one of my favorite guys is reggie Bonifant. and it's not just because he's probably the fastest running back on the roster right now um he actually has some good wide receiver film he has good hands he know, he understands routes um so definitely if 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 coach rule came up to me pulled up be uh pulled up on me and it was like bro uh give somebody who who would you want to see um get a lot of reps this year coming up I would say it's Reggie. Mm-hmm. Um, Mike Davis is on the roster still for some reason. I don't understand how he made it this far, but hey, go ahead, pimp. Um, <laughs> as soon as they give him that pink slip, that's three million in cap space. So uh, I'm not um, hanging on too too hard to uh, seeing him uh, still around. Jordan Scarlett um, has some injury um, happenstances uh, during training camp. Didn't get a ton of reps during training camp. Um, his rookie year, so um, this first full year, he's uh, actually healthy um, with training camp. We don't know how that's going to go, but uh, should should everything go according to plan, he'll be uh, right there for for some reps. And then there's also Rodney Smith out of Minnesota. Um, he had a knee injury um, in his college career that kind of side-lined, um, sidelined him. But he's also a kick returner, so uh, kick returning battle is going to be something fun to watch as well. Mm. I
1: right don't. Right I don't. Yeah, man. He's, he's multi talented. That's for darn sure. That's for darn sure. Uh, Larry, welcome back to the building, bro. What you seeing about these running backs? Well,
3: Kadarius <clears throat> has covered most of it, but uh, last name that you mentioned kind of intrigued me because uh, when I was watching some Minnesota film, looking at Antoine Winfield's son, I got to notice who their running back was, and that was Rodney Smith. And Jerry Smith said he got hurt, but. He brings something that CMC and Bonifant brings to the table. He's versatile. Mm. Um, we all know about CMC's all-purpose ability. He's also a guy that led the Minnesota team in all-purpose yards for the entire school's history. He's their all-time leader in all-purpose yards. And he also mentioned he's a kick returner as well. So I think he actually has a good, good opportunity to make the roster because you can do so much with him. But um, we all remember Jordan Stroud from last year. The athleticism is there. He runs really, really powerful. I like that because you know, it's a little bit different than what we have. So, you know, it's a crowded room. I don't think everybody's going to be back. Like, you know, Mike Davis will probably be on the outside looking in, but it's the very talented group that I'm, I'm excited to watch coming up this year.
1: Mm. Indeed, indeed, man. Well, what's
4: up? I'm excited about this. I mean, Matt Miller from the Bleacher Report rate the Panthers' running back room the number one in the NFL. So that just tells you the kind of depth we have at this position. Now, he assumed that uh, Mike Davis was going to be the number two guy behind Christian McCaffrey. I don't think it's that simple. I mean, between his contract hit and, you know, his injuries, and, I mean, he didn't really play much last year. I just think the young guys behind him got a lot of... We'll have a lot of opportunities to take that spot. Maybe I'm biased, but I'm sticking with my South Florida boy and Jordan Scarlett. I just love the way he runs. He runs hard. He has great contact balance. Um, His vision's all right. He has a lot of work to do as a pass blocker and a wide receiver, but I think that will come along with experience. Bonafon, I look at as a guy he has got a skill set similar to McCaffrey. He can run out the backfield, or catch out the backfield rather. Has that versatile skill set, you know, good top-end speed, good quickness in the short area. So, I mean, he's a guy to keep an eye on. And um, I also like Rodney Smith, the undrafted free agent out of Minnesota, like they've been talking about. So this will be a competition to look out for in the preseason coming up. If I were to make a prediction right now, I think you're going to see CMC, obviously, as your top dog. But I think Bonifon and Jordan Scarlet will hold on to their spots. So we'll see what happens. I think with uh Scarlet, what intrigues me about him is just that he gives you a variation of skill sets. So when you talk about maybe short yardage running or breaking tackles or things like that, that's where he'll step up. So, you know, you watch him at Florida, just how he's able to absorb the contact, maintain his balance, run through tackles. And keep his feet moving. You know he has good low pad level. Just a lot of things I like about him as a player. I think last year I don't know why he didn't get a lot of reps. I know Ron Rivera typically has a preference for veteran players. Likes to play his rookies on special teams. Maybe that was a part of it. And I know in training camp I was in Spartanburg for a couple of days. He you know he had a couple of drop passes and struggled in pass blocking reps. So maybe that was why. We to get to see a lot of Scarlett last year. But hopefully in year two, we'll start to see him make those next steps and be able to contribute, you know, and take some of those reps from McCaffrey to get him a breather.
1: Yeah, I hope so, man. McCaffrey needs to to take a breather, man. He's going to be his own worst enemy when it's all said and done. All right, Kev, break it down for us, man.
5: Yeah, well, just like I do my chicken, I'm just getting, you know, whatever's left on the bone, you know, the fellas them pretty much, <laughs> <laughs> they do pretty much shoot it up here. Uh, just a couple things i say about this running back room. Um, yeah, two quick things, really. Uh, number one, it was I saw it on the news yesterday. Uh, you know how, you know, the knock on McCaffrey is, oh, he doesn't run inside the tackles. In the last three seasons, McCaffrey is third in the most rushing yards Inside the tackles, first is Zika mm-hmm. Elliott with 2,900, with 2,912. Second is Todd Gurley, 2,680, and third is Christian McCaffrey with 2,327 rush yards between left tackle and right tackle. So, you know, even though we had already put pretty much put that to rest, this uh, this uh, this would definitely uh, just kind of kill all that noise that uh, McCaffrey's—he's uh, not an inside runner. Uh, so just thought I'd share that since we was talking about the running back room. Right. On. Uh, but, but as far as my favorite, you know, I'm definitely a fan of, you know, just our players, just, you know, just, just like getting a rotation, um, as far as it goes with, uh, you know, with players getting reps, you know, a couple of snaps here and there, You uh, know, I know we can only have so many running backs active, you know, during a game. So whoever, uh, makes it. You know, I'm definitely, you know, I like Bonifant when I saw that run against Jacksonville. What we talked about pregame was you didn't know it was just, you know, it's just his elusiveness to get open. I mean, he just put that line back on skates. I thought I was at the ice capes at the game. You know, he just had, dude just <laughs> leveled him and then he just hit that gear and couldn't nobody catch him. Uh, I'm excited about Scarlett because, you know, when we watched the film on him, you know, that Will put out after we drafted him last year, mm. uh, I just see power. You know, I mentioned again to you guys, he reminds me of a a young his style reminds me of uh Dallas running back, former running back uh Mary and Barbara. I just like his violent versatile running style. Uh and you know, I gotta throw my man's in the mix, even though he, you know, wasn't mentioned by nobody else, cause he is a back per se. Uh that's Alex Armor, uh, you know, full back. And I you know, I think that he could actually be a viable, legit option as our short yardage back. You know, we're talking six two. 255 pounds, like 8% body fat. Um, I just think that his skill set, because he got a few carries in preseason last year, he was getting about four to five yards, you know, running. He ran a lot of, he ran mostly out of a one back set, but uh, you know, you can take it for whatever it is when it comes to preseason on that. But I think Alex Homer would be a nice option, especially with this been his fourth year. You know, this is last year, so. I definitely wouldn't mind him getting an opportunity to show what he can do, uh, not only as you know fullback blocking, but also some short yardage, and of course you can throw in some tight end reps uh, there as well. So uh, that's just you know my two cents on the uh, running back room. Right on. Man.
1: <laughs> Woohoo! Yeah, it's gonna be exciting to see them cats out there get him in the offense, man. Let Teddy just distribute the ball all over the place, man. It, it's going to be interesting. It's going to be interesting, especially from a scheme standpoint. I'm I'm eager to see that shit. All right, so moving right along. Uh, let's talk about the DBs and the O-line, man. Uh, this secondary, oof. We got some speed out there, folks. We got some speed out there. Um, we also got some size at the safety position. We got some speed at the safety position, too, for the for first time in a while. <laughs> you know, earlier was uh, on the IG Live, we um, <laughs> What would you call my man, Will? <laughs> Godfrey? No, I'm sorry, you just, you just reminded me of that, man. Anyway, so DBs and the O-line. Which one should we start with first, uh, Jadarius? You want to go with the DBs, bro?
2: Uh, you already know. Yeah, man. You already know we got to talk about the DBs. Speak on it. Speak on it. Uh, I'll say uh, the safety group, right, is probably the strongest it's ever been. Mm. Uh, so that's that's something that's quite clear of the the culture change and the the philosophy change in carolina with the change of coaches and change of coordinators and and all that good stuff um but speed is definitely going to help um this defense especially in the in the um in the division where we're we're facing uh, the saints the bucks you have high high power offenses with great wide receivers so you have to be able to um, at least keep up with them and at least be able to move um to to match those guys. But um yeah, I think what we'll see from the corners, I've been super hard on on a lot of the corners this year. But um I think what we'll see from them as time goes on is that as they get more experience is they'll be able to um find cues from the subtleties of where how the receiver is running around. Maybe if a receiver slips his hands up and gets his head uh, turns his head back around. That's a cue for them to um, go ahead and make a break on the ball and just trust their instincts. But um, speed is definitely going to help um, because it gives you a pl- it gives you a basis of um, how fast you can react. Because if you're not moving and you're not covering ground, then even if you do react, you're dead in the water. You're dead as fried chicken. So mm. um, definitely the ceiling for this group is pretty high, probably the highest of um, any cornerback group since um since like the Chris Gamble days, but um it's gonna take some time for them to reach that that ceiling to me.
1: Mm -hmm. I agree. I agree. Uh Larry, I guess what you can speak on the O-line. You wanna do that?
3: I was actually interested in the DB. Oh let's go then what's up? (laughs) What's up? You know, because like uh like JD just mentioned it's just an exciting group that you just want to see. It's something like 15 guys actually on the roster that qualifies to DB right now. So there's mm-hmm. a lot of names out there, but I'm most excited about the draft pick, the safety. I mean, it's been a long time since I seen a safety on the Panthers roster that weighs 220 pounds. I mean, Trey Boston mm-hmm. looks big on film. He plays like a, like a bigger DB on film. You know, he's only 205. So we talking <laughs> talk about 10, 220, mm-hmm. running like he runs. I'm just excited. I just feel like it's going to be a rocket, like a, like a four or five bullet coming out of the gun. Mm, when he plays, you know,
1: That's slug.
3: So, athleticism-wise, I just I just remember years ago, like, fifteen, fourteen, thirteen, twelve. Like our biggest complaint was the lack of athleticism in the secondary. We had a whole bunch of old safeties, yeah. like Roman Harper and stuff like that. Like, yeah. oh, okay. used to see uh Kirk Coleman get beat by Julio Jones. <laughs> <laughs> Like a drum, play his team like at one point. So, to have this kind of athleticism, to have some legit 4 3 guys out there, like Eli Apple, of course, my boy Dante Jackson, I really expect him to step up and become a leader. I know he's still very, very young, has a lot of character things to overcome, but if he can do anything that you know that he learned from LSU is just lead by example, man, play with some attitude. Mm -hmm. That kind of stuff is contagious, and that leads me to our biggest guy, you know, Trey Boston. I'm just excited that he doesn't have any pressure. It's no competition. Job is his, and he knows what he is to the football team. He's that leader. He's that anchor. He's that attitude. He's that guy that's going to pick guys up when they're down. So we have that. So the whole room, like I said, there's a lot of guys. Camp would be so exciting if we could actually go and see the competition, but we can't. But this DB room, it's even between the DB room and the receiver room that I'm most fired up about. Y'all know I'm a hard molly guy. When you just look at the speed athleticism, bro, it's just, I was, I'm just Drew, and I can't wait to see it. I can't wait to see it, I'm being honest with you.
1: Word right up. Yeah, man. Yeah, man. Well, what you think, bro?
3: You
4: know, Matt Rule, when he talks about his evaluation process, he talks about he looks for traits over polish. So, I mean, you got guys like Eli Apple, Dante Jackson, Troy Pride, they're not the most polished guys in terms of technique, but all of them can fly. Mm. I mean, Dante is a low 4-3 guy. You know, he was a top uh sprinter at LSU as well. And, I, and in the NFL speed competition, he placed in second. So that shows you the kind of speed he has. I mean, Eli Apple ran 4-4 flat in the 40-yard dash, and Troy Pride's another track athlete. Mm. So off the bat at the corner position, you're gonna have one of the fastest QB. Uh, CB rooms in the entire league and in the, in the, in the safety position, you're going to have Trey Boston who's you know he's going to be the leader of the room but you got Jeremy Chin who's got all this versatility, he's got great speed as well you're going to have Kenny Robinson he's got great range and athleticism as well, you're going to have a very athletic DB room it's just a question of whether Matt Rule and his staff, Evan Cooper and Jason Simmons can get the most out of these guys, but Look at their evaluation process, all of these guys fit their profile in terms of what they look for, in terms of measurables, you know, 5'11 to 6'2, the speed requirement, 4'4, you know, 4-3 top guys, their length, they all fit that mold. So what can the coaching staff do with these guys? I think with Dante Jackson, I mean, we know what he can do. We saw at LSU on tape, we saw his rookie year. He was shadowing guys like John Brown, like uh, John Ross, and he shadowed A.B. He got beat on one play, but he held his own for most of the game. So these guys here, man, they got the potential to be great players. They got the athletic traits to reach. And so it's just whether a question of whether the coaches can create that system and create that environment for them to excel and make the most out of the traits that they possess, so... I think when you look at this room, I love I'll say I like the traits that all of these guys possess. It's just up to the coaching staff to bring the most out of
3: them. Yeah, you mentioned the coaching staff a lot, Will. And I just wanna point out this room actually shows me how much Matt Rule trusts his coaching staff because a couple of months ago if you was on the Panther website, you know, you got to you have to get to know all the coaches and then you talk about football and talk about personal stuff. Evan Cooper, the cornerback coach, everything that he said that he looks for in a DB, we either had already on the roster, we drafted, or we went out to get. Like that speed, the range, everything that you mentioned, if you go back to that article and read it, those are the specific things that Evan Cooper looks for. So I appreciate the fact that, you know, Pernian and Rue actually tried to address some of those things that he wants. So maybe it'll be a good marriage. You know, maybe he feels like he coached these guys up to be the top DBs in the league. Mm
1: -hmm. Yeah, buddy. All right, Kev. Drop some knowledge on us, man.
5: Yeah, well, as far as the one uh, out of the group, that's probably the least knowledgeable when it comes to DBs. But thanks to you guys, I'm, I'm growing and evolving. Uh, I, I really feel like that this is one of the most talented rosters in the defensive backfield that probably we've ever had uh, for various reasons. I like the fact that, as mentioned before, we got speed and athleticism. And I think we got guys that's hungry and they want to be coached. That's what I feel. You know, when you when you start over with a lot of young guys, they they still have that willingness to wanna to learn in the ball, cause they wanna establish themselves. They wanna make a name so they're more humble. Whereas when you got a veteran who feels like his resume should speak for himself, you know, yeah, I do it now. But if I feel like something else may work, I may change, you know, these guys, they're gonna, you know, they're gonna be dialed in and they're gonna be all tuned in. And I just think that that aspect is what's gonna really allow this defensive backfield to just really be something serious. One of the things that I like moving forward is going to be the schematic approach that Matt Rule and defense coordinator Phil Snow are going to put together, you know, watching on film and hearing, you know, you guys speak on it. I like the fact that we're going to use a lot of three safety personnel. I love that because in today's NFL, whereas positionless football, you need players that can occupy multiple, you know, multiple positions and roles. I like the fact that we could have a, Trey Boston and, and Justin Burris at safety, but we can have another safety on the field like Chin playing in the box, you know, to, you know, monitor the, you know, Alvin Kamaras and the, you know, other the Saquon Barkley's other versatile players on the field. You know, you don't have to expose, you know, no more seeing, you know, former Panther linebacker, great Thomas Davis trying to cover super athletic tight ends down the field and getting beat now. And, you know, I, I just, I, I think we're finally, in a position where our defensive backfield can now play chess when it was playing checkers and still getting beat. I just think that the uh the potential of this room is great. Uh you guys can hit on pretty much all the players. I really feel like that overall that the most impactful player that I see in this twenty twenty season. Uh if I had to take a guess here, um I'm going to just go with our second-round pick, Jeremy Chin. I, I just really like the fact that he can pretty much line up any and everywhere, and I think that with the way that we've read up that Phil Snow like to rotate his um, his uh, players in, I just think that it's going to allow him to be in a position to secede and, and be recognized as as the future of the Carolina secondary for many years to come. So, uh, But uh, overall, I, I really like you know, the, the cornerbacks that we have, uh, the safeties, the guys that can play both. It's a good mix. Uh, it's just going to be good to see how training camp, you know, sorts everything out. But uh, overall, yeah, that's what I think about our secondary. I think uh, the best days
4: are ahead of us. Yeah, to t- build off that, when you talk about our division, look at the guys we got to go up against, uh, O.J., Howard. Woo. He's a versatile tight end with receiver skills. You got Alvin Kamara, a running back. You know, that can run a route tree like a receiver. So you need guys like Jeremy Chin that can match up with players like that. Hmm. So when you talk about what we have in the secondary now, you know, be able to go into those three safety lineups and better match up with not only match up with offenses and weapons like that, but be able to create our own matchup advantages on defense. I just think it's a plus to have a group of DBs with these versatile skill sets and athleticism. Now, you gotta keep in mind they're still young. You know they're gonna make mistakes. They got a lot to learn as pros, so you may not see immediate results. But just you know, like Matt Rule says, you look at their traits, their speed, their height, their weight, their length, mm-hmm. and all these traits they possess. You're just hoping that this coaching staff can be able to evolve them into becoming, you know, those solid professionals.
1: Well put, man. Well put. All right, ladies and gentlemen. Now comes the fun part. <laughs> so, um, one individual of the uh, CPI organization, the uh, CEO, if I'm not mistaken, had um had some words about the current situation in uh that's going on in the in the United States with the the protests and things of that nature and in, in, in relation to uh one mr Floyd who was uh put to rest today if I'm not mistaken um, and um he seemed to have put his foot in his mouth in a, in a very 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 bad way <laughs> um Jadaris, I, I, if, do you have the do you have the quote or who's that, that has the quote Kev, Kev, you got the quote, man, lead, man. Bro, speak on this, man, because I I haven't heard two things about this, man. What the hell happened?
5: Yeah, I got it set up all right here. I've been waiting on this moment.
1: Oh, no. um,
5: (laughs) Mercedes, that's why I ain't have much to say so far. Uh Uh-oh. Yeah, so what happened is that the the CEO of CPI Security, which is a— has a lot of sponsorship deal with the Carolina Panthers, mm. Charlotte Hornets, University of South Carolina, University of North Carolina State. Mm. Uh, also read up a little bit earlier today uh other places like uh, Bojangles. Like the list goes on and on. They, yeah, they, uh, yeah, they're very well known uh, throughout the uh, Carolinas. But anyway, this this gentleman, uh, what happened was, is that a gentleman by the name of George Malaris. Uh, he works with a nonprofit group called Queen City Unity,
1: mm-hmm.
5: and he sent out a mass email uh, to about 10,000 people on their email list, True. you know, asking for their support with, you know, the movement that's going on, how we can work on improving, you know, the uh, police brutality and and things of that nature, and I'm looking at the, e- the email response here, and... All 9,999 people responded back positively, except for uh, Mr. CPI here. What? His reply was, and I quote, uh, George, please spend your time in a more productive way. i like to challenge your statistics. I think that a better use of your time would be to focus on the black and black crimes instead and the senseless killing of our young men by other men. Have a great day, Ken Gill, CEO of CPI Security. So that was what was said um, in a nutshell as Mm. far as the background. I'm going to let these other fellas, y'all, debate this, and Mm. you can bring me back around. But that's what was uh, said.
1: Mm. Mm. Mm -mm 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 -mm. Jadarius, go ahead, bro.
2: You know what I find a lot of, um, especially from folks outside the community, is they only bring up black-on-black crime to combat um, what we would call uh, white-on-black crime. And it's, it's, it's astounding to me because otherwise, if we weren't to bring up this situation, they wouldn't mention black-on-black crime ever. Mm. So it's like, this is something outside of your spirit that, that doesn't impact you, but when we're bringing up something that can impact you or is is reaching into your sector, you point back at ours. It's like, like, yes, black on black crime, um, technically, like within communities is something we should focus on, and it's something that we're we actually do focus on. But media yeah. doesn't portray it exactly. um, so it's like why not why why are you trying to deflect? and it's it's crazy to me because eighty five percent of white crimes or white deaths are portrayed by other white men. Uh, yeah, so let's t- so let's talk about white on white crime. <laughs> Why is that not the topic? Why are you not mad about that? If all lives matter, why are you not mad? Right. You should be mad either way.
1: You should be. You should so, be outraged.
2: Yeah. Uh, so it's like it's, it's it's absolutely wild to me that people actually cling to to logic like that still.
1: Well said, man. Well said, Larry. You you came back on a good one, didn't you? <laughs>
3: yeah, man. We all know what's going on in the country, but um. I mean, that's just maybe I, I need to be a billionaire or something like that because I just don't understand how stupid some of these guys are. Even if that's your opinion, bro, why are you putting that on the paper trail? Like, I just feel like what he got, he was asking for. You know, like I just, you're in a professional setting, you know how the country is right now. Like, why would you? Why would you even set yourself up for that? But anyway. Mm. You know, it just goes to show, you know, what people think behind closed doors. You um, want to talk about black-on-black black crime, you can, you can do it all you want. Honestly, the reason why it's even the topic is because, of, you know, violence sells. So, like, when you look at entertainment and stuff like that, they're always talking about black-on-black black crime. But just like Darius said, you know, it's a lot of white-on-white white crime out here, too, that nobody wants to talk about.
1: Yep.
3: You know, so, I mean, I'm not surprised with the way the guy felt. I'm happy it's being handled the proper way by people involved with the situation. But again, like, it's just a, one of those things where, like, I just maybe I need to be a billionaire so I can really figure out how stupid you got to be to set yourself up like that. Like, I really don't. Like, I, we watch our president do it all the time, put his foot in his mouth. But, like, nobody ever taught these people just to shut up. Nobody ever taught that home. Huh? Uh, That's uh, what it is. Uh, uh, nope. never, ever, on, ever. The e- on the email too. Like I on mean, the email, maybe nobody's working in corporate America, but <laughs> an email is a permanent paper trail. You ever want to <laughs> get your point across? Send an email. And like I don't know. That, that was just this. Just a stupid situation. There's nothing else to talk about. <laughs> Same thing that we're going over, you know, with the country every day. Same topic, just adding to it. Mm-hmm. It just happened to trickle down into the Carolina Panthers, you mm-hmm. know, business affairs.
1: Yeah, man.
2: What's, what's up, Jay? You got something to say? Yeah, I was about to say, bro. That's tough because you got to type the email, then hit send. So right. you, like, you knew exactly what you was doing. Right.
1: <laughs> exactly. Right. Right. Anyway... <laughs> Damn, Will, what's up, man?
4: Man, we could probably do a whole entire show on this one issue, but which, to me, yeah. first, like I gotta say, it's ironic because when Kaepernick took a knee a couple years ago, they said, "Yes, he has freedom of speech, but he has to deal with the consequences of his freedom of speech, which is him his employer may." may start blackballing him and say, we don't want that distraction. Mm-hmm. So now this go- this goofy wants to use his freedom of speech to say some ignorant stuff. Now corporate America is saying, we don't want to associate with you, and what? they're blackballing him. So yes. pot me kettle, first of all. Mm. <laughs> so mm. that's the first part. Now, so I mean, I don't have no problem with the Charlotte Hornets, the Carolina Panthers, nc state the south carolina game cops you know the charlotte knights and all these minor league teams yeah. and nobody wants to touch him right now nope. because of what he said as far as the comments himself i mean it, it's just ignorance you know first of all it's a deflection from the topic at hand mm-hmm. you know right now the focus is on how to address police reform and address how police officers racially profile African-American men, harass them. And then once the guy, you know, fights back and says, stop harassing me, now they have their excuse to use their authority Mm -hmm. to commit harm to them, which Mm -hmm. is what's happened in a lot of these cases in the first place. But not only that, you know, he brings up this black-on-black crime issue. And my thing with that is it's more about vicinity. Exactly. Because... In vicinity and poverty, yep. first of all, lower, higher poverty areas will have higher rates of crime There's going to have people that are going to have more incentive to do crime, to get mm-hmm. money and get themselves out of poverty, right? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And number two, you know, and I, I don't want to get too far off a tangent, but the system you created with segregation back to so the slavery days, the segregation— You've segregated the communities in the first place. So as a result of all of this systematic racism that's been created, blacks live next to blacks. So mm-hmm. of course it's going to be black-on-black black crime because you have high-poverty communities with mostly black people committing crimes against each other. So it's kind of a system, a systematic thing as opposed to an intentional thing. So I think it's all kind of tied together in that way. And I'm just trying to summarize right now, because we're a Panthers podcast, Uh not a racism podcast, but I just think just these types of issues are things you have to think about to show how ignorant a comment like that is. And when you say ignorant things like that, I'm happy that organizations are stepping up and making him deal with the punishment and deal with the consequences for his actions.
1: Exactly, exactly,
3: absolutely right, man.
1: Word, word, will drop a knowledge.
3: I just want to know how come all this energy gets directed towards emails and the internet, but we don't get any of this shit in person? That's my problem.
1: Right? Mm, well, Larry, <laughs> well, Larry, <laughs> hey, yeah, yeah, we all know what's up. <laughs> Everybody, want, everybody wants a barbecue, but nobody wants that
2: smoke.
1: <laughs> <laughs> oh, baby. Yeah, man. Gail, what do you think about Mr. CPI?
5: Well, what I think about Mr. CPI is that he can kiss all the millions goodbye. <laughs> uh, you know, that's why I think, you know, you really want to affect somebody, you know you know, hit him in their pocket. You know, that's what a person remember for you the longest. Mm-hmm. And, you know, when I started off this particular segment about who all he was associated with, uh, that list of, I think it's up to like 12, uh, he's lost 12 sponsors already. Whew. I mean, both local and um, big scale um, places. So, you know, that's, you know, I, I hope that that email that he had time to think of and look at really Really, uh, really cost him, and and I I hate that the employees who work upon are going to feel it because obviously you lose money like that. Now they're going to have cutbacks, Mm. you know. So your your race, your your tone deafness, and I don't know the gentleman himself because I don't want to automatically just label him a racist. I don't want to be one of them people that just throws the you know racist word around. Yeah, but but your you know, your tone deafness, which goes in line to the other people around, such as the Drew Brees, the the Dabo Sweeney's and others in the sports where right now who seem to just be totally,
1: you know, just deaf of what's going on. You know, it just
5: fits right in. So not only did you cost your company money, now it's going to trickle down to your employees, which is going to add to the unemployment rate because you're going to have to somehow... You know, do damage control for the financial losses that that your mouth uh, put in, and we know you're not going to fire yourself. Mm-mm. But you know, it's just um, <laughs> man, it, it's just it's just crazy how how we used to talk about how the how the black on black gets you know thrown around you know so often when when things like this come up. First of all, a majority of people who commit the black on black crimes they're getting locked up, arrested and serving time, if not death penalty in some cases. You know, the issue is, is that the crimes committed against black people, by that's not black people. They're getting paid administrative leave
1: mm.
5: and, uh, and a reassignment and still, you know, still, still stay, still stand on the force.
1: Mm. You know,
5: on. I shared a, <laughs> you know, I shared that stat with you guys. The last 493 unarmed black men that were killed in this country, the, uh, Michael Vick served more time for killing a dog than all the police officers that killed all those um, unarmed, you know, uh, black uh, people, you know, in this country. That's, you know, that that should say a lot about it right there. You know, and and uh, it's it's just uh, like either you don't, either you choose not to listen and care, or you just plainfully ignorant. But whatever it is, you know, I hope that that the, the financial losses will either open your eyes or, you know, you just go in a hole somewhere and just hide because it's, you it's, this is not going away. You know, this this movement cannot resort to being a moment. So I just think that from that perspective, uh, I hope Mr. CPI uh, is uh, really having a, a deep talk with himself about what have I just done.
1: One thing's for sure, his pocketbook is <laughs> Oh man. Um Ken Guild, Mr. CPI, Bud Migo. Oh man. You you put your foot in your mouth, bro. You did. And um you did it in the format that <laughs> that puts your whole shit out there. Everybody knows about this now. You didn't even have to do this. That's that's the thing about it. like Jadarius mentioned, bro. You had to sit there, read the email. That idea had to come up in your head, like, huh? Let me just type this right here, huh? Huh? You know, look it over, make sure you you know spell check your own stuff and hit send. That's you feel proud about that, really. <laughs> and, and and like like we'll mention, man, you know that this this black on black crime, you know, statistic that. That always comes up. It's it's, it's almost like a go to man. It's you know it's the uh, it's it's the yeah you know, it's basically a go to for for folks who feel this way. I'm not going to get into political affiliations, even though we know what that is. But that's what people feel, and it is a direct link to segregation, redlining, banking practices. We're not going to go into the uh, uh, school to prison pipeline and poverty. We're not going to go into that. But people like that, who have access to that type of wealth, access the, to the information that we all have access to, choose not to witness the truth behind the situation. I think that's, that's, the, that's the most disheartening thing. It's not like this man is stupid. I guarantee he's not. Immaturity, lack of compassion, arrogance. It just costs you I don't know how many employees how many millions and there's already competition out there homeboy you're in the middle of a pandemic congratulations you fucked yourself congratulations so <laughs> that's how you end it folks <laughs> all right so um yeah that's um that's that's pretty much all we have on the uh, table tonight um, you guys have any- hey Tim, yeah, what's up?
5: Yeah, real quick, you know, I, uh, we didn't get a chance to tie it in. Our very own, uh, we was talking about earlier. We was talking about DBs. Our own very own Trey Boston. He was uh, invited on the NFL Network's that's right show, uh, Rap Sheet and Friends, uh, yeah. well, his podcast, rather, uh, to talk about social injustices and uh, everything that's done changed. And uh, he brought up how back in 2016, mm. when uh, when he was here before he got released by the Panthers, that how former Panthers owner Jerry Richardson pretty much came in and made it known that uh, there would be no speaking out about what's going on. That's, this is not the place for it. Mm. It's just pretty much how, uh, you know, Mr. Richardson made it known that, um, that uh, this was not the, that, that his place, the way you work at is not the place for you to express yourselves. Now what you do outside is your business, but, uh, while you're on this team, this is something that's not allowed, and mm. I just um, that's just like kind of humbling because you know I you know I you know I thought Mr. Richardson was a pretty pretty cool guy you know for the most part, but uh, after the uh, <laughs> you know what was said during the negotiations, after what he told Cam Newton prior to drafting him about how he's got to keep a certain style of haircut and things like all of this is coming out now, and it's like okay. I I see I see it now. You know, mm-hmm. it's that uh that good old boy mentality, you know, is starting to show more and more for a man that I I, I never really um, thought would be associated with that. So uh it's good that Mr. Tepper is totally opposite of that. Uh he's encouraging all the players not only to speak their minds, but he's willing to, if I'm not mistaken, uh he's matching whatever his players do um when it comes to contributing to social, uh, improvement and helping folks. So it's glad to see that, uh, that, uh, Mr. Temper has changed that environment to where players feel free to, uh, speak out and get involved in helping the community.
1: Hmm. Good old Trey. Yeah. I like Trey, man. He's, he's, he he's a, he's a real dude. He's a, he's a real dude. Although, although he's a Tar Heel, He's a weird he's a real dude. <laughs> Watch your mouth. <laughs> man, I love Trey, man. He's he's awesome. And he he really connects with the community too, man. I love that. Love that. Um and you know you know Mr. Richardson is you know he he is what he is. That's all good. Things happen. And karma is still undefeated. Just say. Just say. All right, folks. So once again, thank you for checking out the four man rush podcast. Um, on behalf of the fellows and myself, we, 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 we really, really appreciate you. Um, episode number 60. That's right. Six out of them. And we're still coming at you. Um, hopefully we'll, uh, get some things going here pretty soon <laughs> in terms of camp and, um, you know, getting these fellows back on the field. And so we can have some aspirations for, uh, for how this season is going to turn out. um, you know, we were talking on IG Live about, you know, uh, schedule predictions and things of that nature. And, um, you know, some folks got some high hopes. Some folks you know, being practical, a little pragmatic, maybe. Um, but, you know, all, all in all, I would love to see this defense get on the field. I'm sure you guys do, too. Um, so. Once again, um, thank you so much. Uh, please be sure to check out our uh, our website at the uh, manrushcom That is Um You can check out Kevin on a uh, Facebook Live after uh, after the after our show every uh, Tuesday evening um, around eleven thirty ish. Yeah, about eleven thirty. Um, and of course, check out our um, our YouTube channel. Um, Will's Will's back full time at his old job, But he's still gonna be knocking out some content for you So be on the lookout for that um, And What else we got going on Of course Instagram, um, TikTok, Twitter And um, you know Take care of yourself man Ladies, young children uh, Wash your hands Wear a mask Social social distancing is still a good, good idea At this moment And uh, keep your head up all you protesters out there, keep your head up. America, keep your head up. We we'll, we'll get through this together or we're we'll going to keep doing this shit over and over. It's up to you. Damn it. <laughs> Do something with your life. Be the change. All right. So, y'all have a good morning, afternoon, evening. You know, brush your hair, brush your teeth, comb your beard. And as always, keep pounding. And that's a damn clear Dig it, baby
2: Yeah, yeah. Tim, yet. I thought you said you said, ladies I thought you was going to say I'll, I'll take care of you ladies Don't
1: worry about oh, it Oh, no, no, no <laughs> <laughs> You trying to get me in no damn trouble <laughs> <laughs> Ladies, I got you Don't worry, baby Hey man, look at that man sold out a brand new happy home. I know, right? (laughs) Right, 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 right.